How are we doing? I want to welcome you guys here. I want to welcome you guys, those who are online, as we're kicking off a brand new series through our Christmas season called Songs of Christmas. Now, before we do, uh, men in the house, I want to hear you. It's about what I expected, you know. Uh, ladies, let me hear you. Yeah, I just... It's just the way it always works, you know, unless we're talking about a football game, all of a sudden men get excited. You know, uh, but guys, here's what I know that you love. You don't like speaking out loud. You don't like detention on you when it comes to things like this, but you do like food, you know, and so do I. So there is a men's breakfast coming up this Saturday. I'm going to be there. I want to see you there. You know, I'd love to get to meet you if you haven't connected with some other guys. It is the best $5 breakfast you can get. I promise you, these guys get up at 3 and 4 in the morning to make sure that it is a real breakfast for us to experience. So just want to encourage you to be a part of that. If you're watching online, come this coming Saturday, the 11th, Saturday the 11th at 8 a.m. And you're not going to be there all day. It's not going to be super awkward because we don't like meeting, you know, weird dudes and, you know, trying to do all this relational talking and stuff. I'll do most of the talking. You just come and eat. Okay, with that being said, uh, as I said, we're kicking off this new series called Songs of Christmas. Now, here's the... Here's the rules. Most sane people understand that uh, there are rules when it comes to Christmas decorations and Christmas songs. Uh, the rules are you can put up as much Christmas decorations, especially lights, anytime during the year. You just can't turn them on until at least Thanksgiving. Okay? Uh, and, and the same thing goes for uh, Christmas songs. I know some of you insane people, like Walmart, you know, you guys start, you know, uh, like back in July when it comes to this. In fact, it was the week before Thanksgiving, and we were driving to Montana, and my 11-year-old daughter in the back seat says, Daddy, I want to listen to Christmas music. So I'm like, discipleship moment. It's an opportunity to set her straight. And so I said, honey, you know, uh, you just need to understand there are rules when it comes to Christmas music, and it's not yet time for Christmas music. And she just looked at me. And I melted and we listened to Christmas Eve for an hour. So pray for me. Uh, I am in trouble when it comes to this little girl, especially as she gets older. Uh, but uh, we get sick of uh, a lot of songs that become popular. They come and go. But for some reason, when it comes to Christmas songs, we seem to love. We seem to thrive on it. In fact, let me prove it to you. I'm going to ask Eric to come back out. Eric leads our you know, worship team. Can we give it up for Eric? And so... Uh, we're going to have a, a little bit of fun, you know, here, and those of you who are watching online, I want you to participate. I want you to put this in the chat, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a name that tune, okay? So uh, Eric is just going to give you a few bars, uh, and uh, I want you to say it out loud or say it to your friend, and let's see how fast, you know, uh, you can get uh, these tunes. So Eric, uh, let's go with the first one. How many notes? Uh, the first one, just like do four or five notes. What's, what's the actual name of the song? What, what's the actual name? Good job. Linus, Linus and Lucy. Linus and Lucy is the official name of that song. It is from the movie Charlie Brown, Charlie Brown's Christmas. And so I didn't know that either. I thought he was nuts. Okay, let's, uh, let's do a second one, Eric. Name that tune. That you actually have to play. Okay, White Christmas, is it right? Is that right? White, White Christmas. Christmas. Okay. What's the next one? Third one. <laughs> that was a, that's that's a bunch, of nice. bunch of Christian people. <laughs> they know. First, first Noel. Okay, you this know? one. All right. This will be good. Okay. Merry 
They all know that one, too. <laughs> Grandma got run over by a reindeer. You're all a bunch of heathens. I love it. Hopefully, you're putting this in the chat, you know, as well. Not my grandma. Your grandma got run over. Okay, last one. Let's do one last one. See if they can get this one. Do you hear what I hear? All right. Give it up for yourselves. Well done. Hopefully, you did well. You know, it's, it's funny that uh, these songs of Christmas, people love. You just kind of get giddy just watching your faces like, oh, I know that song. It's just kind of fun to be able to watch and participate in. Uh, and I wonder why. You know, why is it when it comes to these Christmas songs that we seem to enjoy so much? For many of us, I know, it reminds us of peace. It reminds us of happy times, hopefully in our lives. Maybe for some of you, it's even your childhood. And I do believe that, especially over these last couple of years, maybe this year more than ever, we long for something that we can hold on to. We can long for something that's steady, that's familiar in a world that feels very chaotic and always, or it seems like it's always ever changing. But it's interesting, uh, if you look historically, of the power of song. Uh, specifically, when things were put in song or verse, it represented in so many different cultures deep truths to be remembered and to be passed on. You know, before iPhones, before computers, and even the access to paper, one of the major ways for people to celebrate or remember deep things about their culture that they wanted to pass on to their children and their grandchildren would be through rhyme or be through song. In fact, uh, some of the earlier uh, written works, even in our culture, uh, that got turned into movies like Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit, there's this song that can have brought up that was illustrative, you know, of the situations or circumstances that they were going through. Uh, We see this all the time, you know, in cultures. As teachers, you know this is a great memory tool. You know, that's why, you know, you sing the alphabet. You don't just write the alphabet because it helps people to be, remember these things. And the same is true when it comes to our Bibles. All the way through the Bible, there are people that that are scriptures that are based on uh, songs. In fact, uh, the the Psalms, which is one of the largest books in our Bibles in the Old Testament, so many of our worship songs come from the Psalms because it's memory, it's opportunity for us to remember the things about God, what he is, what he has done, and what he will do. It's just a great reminder when it comes to this. And so we're going to go through some songs of Christmas. Now, that's not what you usually think of when you think of the Christmas story. And yet, in the Christmas story, there are three distinct songs, two of which we don't talk about often. We usually talk about just Mary and Joseph. But did you know that Mary actually has a song that she sings in our Christmas story? Did you know that Elizabeth, you know, has a song that she, that she I mean, Zechariah has a song that he sings, you know, and that the angels also sing, you know, as well when they are proclaiming, you know, uh, glory to God on the highest and on earth peace to whom his favor rests. And so uh, we start looking at these kinds of things. And so I'm just excited, you know, for us to even celebrate Christmas Eve or the days before Christmas. We call it our Christmas services. And again, I want you to be praying. Who has God put on your heart to invite? This year, more than any other, people need something to be invited to that can give them hope and purpose and something that they can hold on to in the midst of the storms that are ever raging in our lives. So let's start with the original song, 
the first song of Christmas that we find in our Bibles by looking at what's called Mary's Song. Now, let me just kind of give you the background, you know, for this. If you have your Bibles, open it up to Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38 is what we're going to be looking at. A lot of this will not be on the screens, but it may be familiar to a lot of you. And you can open your smartphones, you know, as well. This is where it starts in Luke 1, verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, now we're going to talk more about that next week. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. You've heard this before. Even if you're not a Christian, you've heard about this story before. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think of what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary. The angel told her, for you found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. You see, he will be very great and be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen since I'm a virgin? The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the most high will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and will be called the son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant as well in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. Now, don't miss this. For the word of God will never fail. Amen? Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. See, Mary traveled somewhere between 80 to 100 miles from where she was living in order to have this encounter with Elizabeth. Now, why? Probably because Elizabeth would be the one person that might be able to relate or understand what Mary's going through. Because a miracle has happened in Elizabeth's life as well, and Mary's been told by an angel about Elizabeth, which would encourage her to let me go talk to the one person on earth that may be able to relate to what's going on in my life as well. Do you have those people in your life that you can go to at a moment's notice? More on that in a, in a little bit later. See, at the sound of Mary's greeting, it says, Elizabeth's child leaped within her that Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. For those of you Bible trivia people, the very first person in the New Testament who ever had the Holy Spirit come upon them was Elizabeth, was an obscure woman in the New Testament, was the first person who ever had the Holy Spirit come upon them. And we're gonna, by the way, when speaking of the Holy Spirit, we're going to have a six-week series on the Holy Spirit later in the spring to be able to understand who is the Holy Spirit, what is the Holy Spirit, what's the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I want to encourage you to be a part of that. Now, I don't want you to miss this moment as well. Elizabeth's child is 24 to 26 weeks and responds to Mary. 24 to 26 weeks and leaps in her womb. The reason I say that is I just want to encourage all of you to join with me and fervently pray as the Supreme Court continues to deliberate, you know, on the Roe v. Wade and the Mississippi laws and all of those kinds of things. See, as a church, we are not Democrats. 
We are not Republicans, but this is not a Democrat or Republican issue. This is a moral issue. This is God's issue. And we want to continue to be a pro-life group of people that support what God supports as well. And so I'm going to call you to join me in continuing to pray as they're deliberating through this for such a time as this for us to enter into the fight and into the season. Now, at the same time, we are a church that is pro-all life, which means if you are a person that knows someone or you yourself has gone through an abortion, you are loved, you are given grace, you are welcome here. In fact, we even have a support group called Abanon, which is Abortions Anonymous, to be able to walk through and care and shepherd, and we want to make sure that you're loved as well. So with that being said, I want to continue to move forward, but I didn't want to miss that opportunity for you to understand what our heart is as we move forward. Verse 42, Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. Now, Mary's about ready to respond in what's called the Magnificat. Magnificat, and that is just Latin that means to magnify. She's going to go, and you'll see that word in there. It's very similar to an Old Testament song that was given by another miracle pregnancy that happened to Hannah. In fact, you can read about that in 1 Samuel chapter 2, or you can join me on Monday, because that just happens to be where we're at as we're going through the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. So at 8.30 at Facebook, and we're now even at YouTube, we're going to actually look at Hannah's song that's very very similar to Mary's song. Now, what's fascinating about this is that Mary has at least 12 other allusions to the Old Testament. So she's referring to phrases in the Old Testament. The reason that's important is because this shows us that Mary was a woman who knew God's word. See, scripture was on her heart, and it came out of her through song. And based on our last series called Word to the Wise, we can see that this again is a cornerstone. And I'm praying that you've spent time on a regular basis in God's word, connecting to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so now we pick up with Mary's song. And here's how it begins. Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, verse 46. How my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Now, we have many people, including my wife, who have a Catholic or Roman Catholic background. Now, the belief of the Catholic Church, you know, is important as Mary, through what's called the Immaculate Conception, it holds that from the moment that this took place in Mary's life, that by God's grace, it was, quote, kept free. She was kept free from the taint of original sin which means that she no longer had sin, didn't have sin before in her life. The problem with that theology and that background is Mary contradicts that. See, if you're a sinner, you're only a sinner because you have sin in your life and you don't need a savior unless you're a sinner. Mary acknowledges in her song early on the onset that here I am rejoicing in God my savior. Now, we should and can honor Mary like Elizabeth did, but not worship or elevate her to a place that she was never intended to be. And Mary goes on to sing this. For he took notice of this lowly servant girl, and from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. 
See, see, she is singing with such certainty of what the angel has done. In fact, if you look at the tense in which these are written, it has to do with a past tense, as if these events have already taken place. That's her certainty about what God is doing in her life. And I wonder when I ever had that certainty, or when you ever had that certainty. You ever talked to somebody else with such certainty of something that hadn't happened yet, but you were just so sure, so confident that it was? Let me give you one example. Uh, Brad Pesnell, you know, is on staff here. I love Brad. I like to pick on Brad because he's a Cowboys fan. And uh, as a Cowboys fan, every single time I encounter Brad, Brad is so convinced that the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl every single year. See, the difference between Mary and Brad is that Mary is right. That's the difference, you know, between these two. So this confidence that's there. So this song begins with this, God's provision. And I want you to notice this. The whole throughout the song, it's God's provision. In this first part, Mary focuses on the personal connection and who is she to receive God's provision in her life. And I wonder for you, during this season of maybe stress or upheaval, do you see how God's providing? Do you see how he's leading your life? Do you see how he's coming across things and the blessings that are taking place for you. Now, speaking of blessing, we need to talk briefly about this. Because Elizabeth says that Mary is blessed. And Mary herself, in her own song, is saying that she is going to be blessed. In our culture, uh, hashtag blessed has become a, a constant meme. And usually it's when somebody's taking a picture of food, an exotic vacation, you know, dog pictures, you know, experiences in their life, new cars, all of these different things. Look at my house, look at my family, hashtag blessed. And there's nothing wrong with any of those things, but the problem is that's nothing like what the Bible describes blessed to be. In fact, in the New Testament, over 112 references are to the word bless, blessed, or blessing, none of which connects blessing to material prosperity. Not a single one. So what does this mean? Because if you look at it, the blessedness that Mary celebrates stands in stark contrast to the blessedness that we think that we should get or the times when we have these things that happen in, her, in, in our lives. In fact, just go a little bit deeper with Mary. Okay, she's blessed. Why? You get to have a child that you never even asked for. You're going to be viewed as a, a, a woman who obviously slept with a man because you're not married, and there's no way anybody's going to believe you no matter how many times you tell people, oh, it was the Holy Spirit, you know, that did that. Yeah, right, like that's going to come across real well. The other thing that she's going to realize is that the pain and the suffering watching her child grow and how he's going to be spit upon and how he's going to be crucified, and she's going to witness it all, all that's going to be going through her mind, hashtag blessed, that's what she, she understands to some extent what this looks like. And so let me be absolutely clear, according to God's word, a blessing is anything God gives that makes us fully satisfied in him. A blessing is anything that God gives that makes us fully satisfied in him. Anything that draws us closer to Jesus. Anything that helps us to relinquish the temporal and hold on more tightly to the eternal. And often it's the struggles 
It's the trials, it's the challenges that put us in those situations where we can say, God, we needed you, you were there. We had nobody else but you, you were there. Hashtag blessed. That's what it looks like. See, Mary continues in her song, and it goes from God's provision to her to now she broadens it, and it's God's provision to all followers of him. She can't help but sing about this. And and I just want you to notice as we look at this, look at God's character that Mary puts on display. Look at the things that she's going to talk about. I want you to notice God's mercy, God's power, his justice, and his compassion, how it's revealed across the earth. In fact, in Luke chapter 1, verse 50, it says, he shows mercy from generation to generation. That's amazing to all who fear him. His mighty arm, notice his power, has done tremendous things. He has scouted the proud and the haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and he sent the rich away with empty hands. Notice how she just exemplifies and sings about the mercy of God again, the power, the justice, and the compassion that he reveals himself to the whole world earth? Do we feel and understand and are we obedient to this kind of God? So Mary starts out with with this provision for her and then talks about God's provision for all his followers and finally she sings of God's provision for Israel. God's provision for Israel or I should, should say through Israel because this is what she sings. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful for he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. You see, this is the promise that's been fulfilled through the very beginning when God chose Abraham to be the father of the nation of Israel. He pulls uh, Abraham aside and he tells him this in Genesis chapter 12. I will make you, Abraham, into a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you Will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And don't miss this, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Mary knew this was the promise of God that one day a long awaited Messiah would come, somebody who would come to bring us back into a right relationship with God. That would be the Christ, that would be his title, and his name would be Jesus. See, Jesus is the fulfillment of God's provision to the world, and he does it through Israel. And Mary recognizes, I cannot believe that I, of all people who've ever lived, get to be chosen by God to fulfill this in our lives. The child that we celebrate is coming into the world. And so going into the season, my question for you is, what is your focus on? What is your focus on? In other words, how can you praise God for his provision in your life? How can you have that be a focus in your life? Psalms 103 verse 1 and 2 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. We get so consumed by all the things that are going around. And now you're about ready, if you're not already, consumed with all the things to do to make Christmas the most magical and most amazing time of the year. And sometimes we miss the whole purpose and meaning of Christmas in the order to try to celebrate Christmas the way that we think it should be celebrated. And we lose focus. 
We lose the purpose and meaning behind it all. What I want you to do this season is to look at your circumstances and see where God is currently. Look at how he's provided. Look at how he's leading. Look how he is your stronghold and your strength. See, when we recognize the provision of God through song, guess what? It compels us to sing. It does. When, when you are overwhelmed by the provision of God, when God is leading and guiding our lives, it overwhelms us. And one of the best ways to do that, whether you can sing or not, is to actually tell God and express to him our view, our love, and our honor of him for how good he is in spite of the circumstance. In fact, Ephesians chapter 5 says it this way, be filled with the Spirit. This is not a suggestion. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, this is a command. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and make music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews says it this way, for this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. Therefore, because of all of this, therefore let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. Isn't that what Mary was doing? That she was saying, you know what, a lot of times we talk about giving of our time or our talents or our treasures. And I think one of the disservices maybe that I've done to you is I've not reminded you that God also calls us for us to give him a sacrifice of praise. It's one of the reasons that we gather. And if you're watching online, it's harder to do at home than it is to come and be a part of what God's doing. To be able to come together and to say, I'm going to offer this to you. I may not have time right now. I may not have resources. Or even if I do have those things, God, I'm going to offer up a sacrifice of praise to you. And so as we enter into this season, the songs of Christmas, may our hearts be truly in tune to the person of Christ who came as a child. And we get to sing these familiar carols, these Christian songs on a weekly basis, even starting now. But may they have new meaning because of the impact that Christ has made in your life or the impact that Christ wants to make through your life into the lives of somebody else. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for our chance to love, to serve you even through song. And Father, we love this season. We also know this season can be hard, but we know that our focus can be on you. And so help us, Father. Help us in the distractions of the world and with all the things that are still outside and going on, even wrestling in our own hearts and minds, for us to remain focused on you. And one of those ways, Lord, is we worship. Help us to have the attitude and posture being filled by your spirit that Mary had. And may we sing. Father, thank you for your faithfulness for all generations. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.